You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Thursday to you. We have a lot to talk about. The Bills have made several transactions that we need to break down, as well as discuss my ideas for free agent players on defense that I think Brandon Bean should consider. Let's start with the roster moves that the Bills made on Wednesday. They released John Brown, wide receiver. They released Quentin Jefferson. Those two moves cleared about $14.5 million worth of cap space. Mitch Morse took a pay cut that saved the Bills around $3 million. And Vernon Butler, the defensive tackle, he took a pay cut. And we're not sure exactly, as of the time of this recording, how much that saved the Bills. But I'm guessing a good amount because there was a substantial amount of money to be had for releasing him. So that was probably a very good move for the Bills. Now, we don't know exactly how much was cleared up from that Butler deal, but we do know what the league cap is set at, $182.5 million. That is the league cap. The Bills have an adjusted cap of 188.37, which factors in rollover cap space. According to OverTheCap.com, they have the Bills with $19.5 million in available space. According to SpotRack, the Bills have $15.2 million in available cap space. So they're under the cap. They have a little bit of room now, and moves have been made. Now, there are some more moves that the Bills can make to free up more salary. Mario Addison, he can be released for $6 million in savings. Tight end Lee Smith, he could be released for $2 million. And Tyler Medikavich could be released for a savings of $3 million. So there are still more opportunities in addition to potential restructures for the Bills to create cap space. So let's go back a little bit here and talk more specifically about these moves. Let's start with Mitch Morse. This actually happened on Tuesday, but I didn't get a chance to talk about it yesterday on Herd Mentality. Mitch Morse took a pay cut to stay on the team. That's what Ian Rappaport said. When some of the Bills beat writers, including Sal Capaccio, got word of this, it sounded like it was more mutual in terms of Mitch Morse being willing to help the team out. Here's my guess, and this is just me speculating. This is not sources. This is me speculating. The original plan was to cut Mitch Morse and re-sign John Feliciano to be the center. My guess is that the Bills number that they were comfortable paying Feliciano was much lower than what Feliciano and his representatives thought he was worth. So plan B was, hey, Mitch Morse, will you take a pay cut? That's what I think happened. That is me speculating. Again, no sources. That's what I think happened. But nonetheless, I'm really happy to have Mitch Morse back in the mix. He's an elite pass-blocking center. I like that in front of Josh Allen. Get him more on the move in the run game this year, and the Bills will be really set 
at center. I'm not worried about Mitch Morse even a little bit. So that is move number one. Move number two is John Brown being released. You guys know I'm sad about this. I love Smoke. I think he's a good player. Obviously, 2019, he had a 1,000-yard season for the Bills. But this past year, injuries kept him off the field. And the Bills got a taste for what they could do without him. And it was pretty good. And there was a lot of money to be saved by letting him go. And here we are. I've said this a bunch of times on the podcast, but the Bills put the best offense on the field that they've ever had in the history of the franchise, and John Brown played less than half the snaps and caught 33 passes. It's tough to argue with. I personally think that the Bills now have a need at wide receiver. They need a guy opposite of Diggs that can take the top off the defense. A lot of people are saying, well, Gabriel Davis. Gabriel Davis can do that. Gabriel Davis is a completely different wide receiver than John Brown. I like Gabriel Davis. I think he's a beneficiary of the scheme and the style of football that Josh Allen plays. Gabe Davis gives you size and ball skills down the field. His average depth of target last year was over 13 yards from the line of scrimmage. That is significant. I love what he means for the offense, but he's not going to do the same stuff that John Brown does. John Brown is a true three-level threat. Can push the defense vertically, can work the intermediate areas of the field, and he can also take a quick pass and create after the catch. That's not Gabriel Davis. Those guys don't win in the same ways, nor do they have skill sets that allow them to do the same thing. So while I think Gabriel Davis will take a step forward, will continue to be a meaningful and productive player for the team, he's not John Brown. And I am salivating over the idea of what this offense could have looked like with a healthy John Brown all year. I think it could have been even better. The Bills are a wide receiver-centric offense. They are 10 and 11 personnel heavy. Three, four wide receivers on the field all the time. That's the engine that makes this offense go. Josh Allen and wide receivers. So, Back 10, 15 years ago, you'd be more concerned about having two good receivers and then maybe having two good tight ends and a couple of running backs. It's different now. It's wide receivers. You need to have like four good ones all the time that have complementary skill sets so that way you can space the field the way you want to offensively. They need a field stretcher. And you know I want guys that can produce after the catch. So I think the Bills have a need at wide receiver. Nobody is going to be afraid to run vertically with Gabriel Davis. He wins down the field because of size and ball skills. He's not just going to win races down the field, stack cornerbacks, and run away from them. That's not his game. He's also not very productive after the catch. He's not very polished at creating offense for himself. So the Bills, in my mind, absolutely need to add to this wide receiver room. I'm not in on John Ross. I, I My Twitter mentions have been full of people that want John Ross, who is just a fast guy. He's literally just a fast guy. His football skill is very poor. He's not a good route runner. He doesn't control his speed. He's not a good ball handler, and he has bad hands and ball skills. So you just want a fast guy? I, I can't. That doesn't, 
That doesn't move the needle for me. You have to have football skill. The Bengals took him in the top 10. They are heavily invested in him. Couldn't find production. They're going to let him walk. No thank you. I'm more interested in Kenny Stills or Kayleaf Raymond or Deami Brown from North Carolina in the draft. Kadarius Toney, wide receiver, Florida in the draft. That's my idea of what I'm looking for in this receiver core. I like Isaiah McKenzie as the fifth receiver, a guy that you can do gadgety things with, but he's not going to be a guy that a higher volume of targets is number one warranted for, but he thrives in that complimentary role. I'm not asking him to be my number three or four receiver in this offense. Let's move on from receivers. Uh, Quentin Jefferson released. Vernon Butler took a pay cut. I was kind of hoping it would be the other way around. Vernon Butler was released, and Quentin Jefferson took the pay cut. But here we are. Obviously, Quentin Jefferson did not meet expectations uh, in his first season with the Bills, his only season with the Bills. I think that's because he played one technique. He's a three-tech that sometimes could play on the edge, playing completely out of position at one tech. I was excited to see him backing up Ed Oliver and rushing together in concert with Ed Oliver from the interior, but that's not going to happen. He's gone. Vernon Butler stays. <laughs> let's uh, let's hope he takes a step forward. Feels like that's been the message on Vernon Butler since he was drafted. Guy's been in the league for five years. Every year we say, ah, next year hopefully he could take the step. I think we know exactly who Vernon Butler is in the NFL. Occasionally, once every couple weeks, he'll make a flash play, but overall, pretty inconsistent football player. But he'll be relied upon next year to play 30 40% of the snaps for the Bills' defensive line. Sure wish that was going to be Quentin Jefferson, but that's not the decision that Brandon Bede made. I am anxious to find out how much of a pay cut he took. I'm also anxious to find out what other moves... Brandon Bean makes an advance of free agency to clear cap space because technically they don't have to do anything else. They can be more reactive and do things as needed with, you know, Addison Smith and Matikavich in their back pocket plus restructures. But it should be fascinating to see what happens between now and the start of free agency. RockAuto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts. From hundreds of manufacturers, they have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. We have been telling you about Bilt Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Bilt Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, High protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now is the time to find out which built bar 
is the best. It's Built Bar Madness, and there's a tournament of all the flavors to determine who is the best tasting protein bar. Today's matchups are Caramel Brownie versus Cherry and Lemon Almond Cheesecake versus Carrot Cake with Walnuts. I have clear choices today. I really like the cherry, and I really, really, really like the Lemon Almond Cheesecake. I think it's one of the most underrated flavors in all of the Built Bars. If you want to vote, go to BuiltBar.com or on Twitter at Built underscore Bar to vote for your choice. And remember, when you order Built Bars, use our promo code LOCKEDON20 and you'll get 20% off your next order. That is LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. Let's talk about some defensive free agent targets that Brandon Bean should consider in my view. And we'll start with interior defensive line, defensive tackle. What's the need? I think they need a couple of things here. They need a run stuffer. Star Latoule is coming back. That's going to be helpful. But do we really trust Harrison Phillips as the primary backup there? Do we really trust Vernon Butler to play a ton of meaningful snaps at one technique? I don't. So there's a need for that. And I think there's a need for depth behind Ed Oliver at three technique, especially now that Quentin Jefferson has been released. So I'm really high on Ed Oliver in year three taking a big step. Vernon Butler's in the mix at three tech. And so is Justin Zimmer, who actually had a pretty good year, especially as a pass rusher. But I think they need depth at both spots. Here are some names that come to mind that I think could be economic options that give me some interest. Number one, Tyson Alualu. He was a first-round pick by the Jaguars quite a few years back, and he's really found his own as a member of the Steelers playing nose tackle. I mean, this guy has really come into his own anchoring at the point, keeping the second level clean, and just owning the middle of the defense. I think he'd be a wonderful addition on a short-term, low-salary deal to come in and compete with Star and provide great depth at that position. Other one-tech options that are interesting to me, Daquan Jones from the Tennessee Titans. He's an anchor type of guy that can really hold at the point. A younger player, so that's interesting. Lawrence Guy from the New England Patriots, he's quietly been one of the better run defenders in the NFL for the last couple seasons. He'd be a wonderful choice at one technique. Steve McClendon uh, had a great run with the Jets. He went over to Tampa at the trade deadline uh, to give them some depth at one technique, and I think he's a terrific uh, run defender and a really, really high character guy that I think would really fit the Bills. Uh, Devon Godchow from the Miami Dolphins is interesting to me. Again, back up one technique. He's not the biggest one tech, but he's pretty stout. And, um, you know, he gives you some athleticism to go with his run defense. He's had injuries. He's had some inconsistency, but he's at least interesting to me as that backup one technique type player. Now, when it comes to backup three techniques, there's some guys that interest me as well. The guy that's most interesting that I would be willing to take a swing on is Larry Ogunjobi. He was with the Cleveland Browns. Day two pick four years ago, had a flashy rookie season, and he's had flashy moments since. He just hasn't been super consistent, but there's a really nice athletic profile with him, and I think there's a ceiling for him to continue developing into. I think he'd be a fun option as a backup three technique. Obviously, there's some veterans that I like. It all comes down to dollars, and if uh, 
it makes sense. But Kawan Short from the Panthers, I know that he's had injuries. I wouldn't give him much. It would be all incentives. But as a depth player to come in and play 20% of the snaps, I think that'd be a great role for him if he can stay healthy. And then Jarrell Casey, who was a really good player for the Titans. They sent him to Denver last year in what was basically a salary dump uh, for a late-round pick to get him off their books. But, man, I think he's got some good football left in him. He didn't play much last year because of injury, but if he's healthy, I know what Jarrell Casey can do, and he's a good football player. So I think the Bills suddenly have a need for depth at both one-tech and three-tech. There's a part of me that has great fear that Brandon Bean's going to go into the year with Ed Oliver, Starla Tulele, Vernon Butler, Justin Zimmer, and Harrison Phillips as the defensive tackle room. There's a chance that could be it. But if he was willing to make a move, those are some guys that interest me. Now, on the edge, what's the need? The need is to get younger and to get better. I'm not sure that all of these options are going to do both. Some of them will. But I want to see the Bills have more dynamic ability to get pressure off the edge. Now, to me, the best thing that can happen is A.J. Epinesa takes a big-time step forward and becomes an impact player. Jerry Hughes has no drop-off, and you're kind of okay with that. Mario Addison, at this point, he's back. I don't know that he's going to you know, like find the fountain of youth and become an impact player uh, next year, but I... I guess I'm crossing my fingers and hoping for that to happen. And then, of course, there's Daryl Johnson. So, look, that could be the four guys next year. But if not, here's some ideas that I like. Carl Lawson from the Bengals. Not sure how expensive he's going to be, but that dude's got some really exciting pass rush acumen, some really good power at the point, uh, very good long arm stab and bull rush, and he does a lot of different things off of that. I mean, when you put him and A.J. Epinesa on the field at the same time, you can really do some fun things in terms of compression, and then you kind of slash and slant into those B gaps, and I think you can uh, you can, you can could cause some problems there um, with those two guys. So I really like Carl Lawson. Uh, a big-time swing would be Yannick Ngakwe. I'm not sure if the Bills are going to put up like you know 15-plus million a season for a player, but if they were going to, Ngakwe is the best like overall young player at edge on the market, in my mind, Trey Hendrickson from the New Orleans Saints is very interesting to me. Uh, he held off Marcus Davenport, who they traded two first-round picks to go get, uh, and Hendrickson was just a better player, had a 10-sack year last year. I think he's a stud. If they were going to go for you know a couple of veterans that I think have some good football left in them but didn't necessarily produce last year, Melvin Ingram from the Chargers, Ryan Kerrigan from the Washington football team, those are some veterans that you can bring in, hopefully get some production for one year. It doesn't get you any younger, but you know those guys have a, a really exciting resume to stand on, and uh, if they were trying to gear up and make a run and be a situational pass rusher, I think you can get some good ball out of them. And then Hassan Reddick, I don't think he's a great scheme fit. He's a better option for like the Ravens or Titans and kind of a hybrid defense where they blitz a lot and they go three-man fronts and they'll have stand-up outside linebackers. But if the Bills were willing to kind of get a pass rush specialist that they can unleash through, you know, different gaps and and ask them, ask him to stand up and rush the passer, you know, I think there's something there if they wanted to bring some speed uh, to the table, not necessarily a size element, but he was productive last year. He gave the Bills fits and uh, he'd be interesting maybe on a short-term deal to uh, uh, see what he's got. But I think there's options out there. Again, very good chance that it could be Hughes, Epinesa, uh, 
Addison and Johnson. That could be the guys that, that Brandon Bean rolls with, but uh, you know, there's certainly some options out there that interest me. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL seasons are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the new scores and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Let's close out today's podcast by talking about the back seven on defense, linebacker, cornerback, and safety. At linebacker, you guys know the need. Need someone to replace Matt Milano if they don't bring him back. So they need a weak side linebacker, a guy that can play in space, a guy that can cover, pursue the football, takes great angles, all that stuff. Some ideas in free agency, I have three. Number one, Nicholas Morrow from the Oakland Raiders, or the Las Vegas Raiders, excuse me. It's been a while since I messed that one up. Uh, He's... Interesting, a converted safety, played at a small school, flashy player for the Raiders. I think he could thrive next to Tremaine Edmonds and really uh, be a steal in free agency. I'm not sure if other teams see it that way and there's a bigger market for Moreau that I'm anticipating, but he's kind of the guy that really interests me to come in and you know at least platoon with A.J. Klein. Uh, Kevin Pierre-Lewis, uh, most recently with the Washington football team, uh, originally drafted by Seattle, uh, Really good special teams player. Hasn't played a ton on defense, but has had some flashy moments. Um, Just another guy to throw a dart at, a guy with some athleticism, with decent size. At a minimum, you get team's ability. Um, Best case scenario, you get a a reasonable starter at weak side linebacker, maybe in a platoon role with Klein. And then if the Bills wanted to be a little bit more aggressive, K.J. Wright from the Seattle Seahawks, he's a bigger player, uh, but, you know, He's played in a similar type defense alongside Bobby Wagner. So there's some interest there. I'm not sure what type of payday he's looking for, but a veteran, a know-how guy, you think Dan Morgan certainly has some familiarity with him from his time in Seattle. Obviously, Heath Farwell as well. You know, somebody to keep an eye on that could be an option. At cornerback, what is the need there? They need a starting cornerback opposite of Trey White. Right now, Josh Norman's a free agent. And Levi Wallace is a restricted free agent. So right now, it's Dane Jackson. So what am I looking for? I'm hoping for athleticism. I don't know if that's what the Bills are going to go after. If they just want to kind of stick with their zone defenders, scrappy guys, smart guys, you know, that could be the case. But I'm going to throw a mix of options at you here. Guys that I think could play some man coverage. Guys that are probably too expensive. And guys that are more zone fits. So here's my list. Um, at the top of the list is probably, uh, let's see here. I'm not sure if I have a clear number one, Malcolm Butler just released by the Tennessee Titans. I think he was their best corner last year. He can play some man coverage. He's a good press cover corner. Uh, ball skills are there. He was probably a bit overpaid in Tennessee coming off of, you know, what he did with the Patriots. But, uh, I'll be honest. I mean, if the bills were able to get Malcolm Butler to be the starter opposite of Trey white, I'd be real happy with that. Another name that's interesting to me is William Jackson from the Cincinnati Bengals. He's not necessarily a great fit as a pure zone corner, 
But if the Bills wanted to incorporate more man coverage, more press coverage, I mean, Jackson would be a wonderful fit. He's the type of guy that has the athleticism to mirror really twitched up and, and really savvy route runners down the field. Um, I like those two guys would be like my dream scenarios. Patrick Peterson's fun. I mean, I know he kind of had a down year last year. It feels like he's kind of been checked out uh, with the Cardinals for a while. Uh, maybe you get him on a short-term deal to uh, uh, play for a contender, and maybe you get his best football. Xavier Rhodes, he had a great year with the Colts last year. Um, a way better choice than Josh Norman was for the Bills, except for they were so eager to sign Josh Norman, they never even got the opportunity to make a run at Rhodes. Not sure if they would uh, be in on, on him, but he's a free agent. I'm not sure if Rhodes is going to command a big payday, but if you can get him for what he signed last year, that would be an absolute steal. Uh, Shaq Griffin from the Seahawks. Again, I kind of go back to Heath Farwell, Dan Morgan, the familiarity. Uh, if they like what they saw and thought he was wired the right way, he'd be interesting. He's had some injuries lately, but he's super athletic, and that could be uh, a guy that can give you some man coverage ability. And obviously in Seattle, he's played some zone. Michael Davis from the Chargers, kind of an up-and-down player, has been flashy. I, I think if you were looking for a, a swing on a uh, guy with some starting experience that maybe you feel like you can get the most out of in your defense, Michael Davis is a guy that interests me as well. At safety, I think the Bills just have a need for depth. Obviously, Poyer and Hyde, those are the guys. They're the starters. They're entrenched. They are terrific. But Dean Marlowe is a free agent. You could solve this by just bringing Dean Marlowe back. Dean Marlowe, Jaquan Johnson, Hyde, Poyer. You got Josh Thomas kind of being groomed on the practice squad. I'm fine with that. But you do have to make that move to bring back Dean Marlowe. So he's kind of number one on my list. Another guy that is sneaky to me that would be fun, DeMonte Casey from the Falcons. This guy, super physical. I, I love the way he plays the game. He's got physicality. He's got ball skills. He's got versatility. You could play him at free safety. You could play him down in the slot. Um, so I, I like that he can do those different things, and he's made you know his share of interceptions in the NFL, and he's a guy that will come downhill and lay the wood. Uh, injuries have been a bit of an issue for him. Um, but I, I think if you can get him cheap, um, use him as a situational type player, you can have a really fun, versatile defensive back to add to the mix. So there you have it. Those are my ideas that Brandon Bean should consider for players on defense. And um, who knows? Maybe one of these guys will be Bills. Maybe none of them. But these are at least the guys that when I look through the list of free agents, they are interesting to me. I can see the fit, and I think there's a chance – the contract could be reasonable enough for it to work. So I'm only bringing realistic options to the table, and I certainly hope you have enjoyed me working through all these different ideas. Tomorrow on the podcast, I am going to respond to your dream and doom scenarios for the Bills in free agency. I put out a tweet on the at Bills Twitter account that solicited those dream and doomsday scenario. So if you want your item addressed on Friday's podcast, go over to Twitter as soon as you can and uh, respond to that tweet because I'm going to record sometime, you know, mid afternoon on Thursday. And so get them in. So we have a lot of fun stuff to react to. I'll also share my dream and doomsday scenarios for the bills. So you have that to look forward to tomorrow. Don't miss it. Make sure you're subscribed, rate, review, and share the podcast. And I look forward to catching up with you again 
tomorrow.